Welcome back to America's leading higher education podcast network, the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. This is EdUp EdTech, dedicated to interviewing leaders at the front end of technology and innovation in education, hosted by the amazing, the outstanding, the incredible Holly Owens. Now let's get to it and hear from your host, Holly Owens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of EdUp EdTech. My name is Holly Owens, and I'm your host. And today, we have a fabulous guest with us today. His name is Josh Chernikoff, and he is the CEO of Cascade Communications, and he is also an EdTech CEO coach. Josh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You got the last name right, so I appreciate Yay! that. I've, I've heard much worse, believe me. <laughs> you nailed it. I have a little bit of a slight Southern accent, I'm told, but I'm glad I was able to get that pronunciation correct. You and I, I aim for that. So Thank I'm you. really happy that we were able to sync up our schedules and we get to talk today all about the wonderful things you're doing in the ed tech space. But before we get into the coaching and the Cascade Communications, give us some background. Tell us your story. How'd you jump into this ed tech industry? Oh, well, I think like most people we know in this industry, it's certainly not a straight line. It brought me some bumps and bruises and some brilliance. I grew up in Washington, D.C., always wanted to, to, to do TV you know, to be on ESPN or you can relate to this having grown up in the DC area, you know, yeah. I want to be on like NBC. I want to be George Michael. Yeah. You know, I want that big damn sports machine in my house. All right. Uh, back totally. In the day. Totally uh, cool. And so my experience and my education is in print and broadcast journalism. I got a master's from Northwestern and um, ended up doing a bunch of TV stuff. Uh, worked for the Washington Redskins, uh, building their broadcast network. It was a really tough place to work back in 2006, 2007. Um, and so I decided to do some tutoring. Uh, I was qualified to be a tutor because I had had a lot of tutors. So I knew what a good tutor needed to be. And I was working with a couple different students. And I remember this one student, we got to Venn diagrams. And uh, I said, man, you have reached my limit when it comes to math. My mind does not work this way. And I hired a tutor and realized that it was really just about finding good people and matching them up with, with good families at the time, one-to-one in-home tutoring um, in the D.C. area. I got us uh, on the local NBC affiliate, um, a story about summer brain drain, and the company took off from there. And, you know, it was a really nice, you know, more than a lifestyle business, but pretty easy to run. Then I started my after-school enrichment business about uh, 2010, and we worked with PTAs and school districts to bring in outside providers to do things like karate and cooking and mindfulness and basketball and soccer and whatever really the school wanted to bring in after school. That company grew from um, one school in, in suburban Maryland outside of D.C. to 82 schools where we did enrichment camps and aftercare. I sold the tutoring company and I was ready to sell with my partners, the 
aftercare company in February of 2020 had a letter of intent to be acquired. Oh my, I see where uh, this is going. <laughs> that damn thing was rescinded in March of 2020. And, um, you know, um, I know that my business partners and my wife were really disappointed and I was looking forward to working with that company and being a part of it. Today, I'm still in touch with them, but it didn't work out in terms of that sale. But I was able to work out a really nice deal with my COO at the time, Michael Fay, who now is the proud owner of Flex. He doesn't call it Flex Academies. He dropped the academies. And we still work really closely. Um, he and I will work together forever. Um, we can't stand each other and we love each other personally and professionally. And so the company is in very good hands. I'm still the one of the largest investors in it. And now I took a step back and said, hey, what, what did I do best in both those businesses? And it was really um, providing quality content as a marketing tool for my businesses and, and nurturing relationships. And so now I'm working with CEOs in the education space, also in the ed tech space, of course, to help them do that for their businesses. Um, and, you know, I kind of have emerged, at least for my clients, as like the entrepreneur in residence, uh, because they know that I can play lots of different positions for them on any different day. It's still their business. But at the end of the day, what we're driving towards is, is more reach and more revenue for their company. I absolutely love your story and how you started out in the sports arena and then you found tutoring and then you got involved in schools and now you're on this you're on this journey of mentoring other CEOs of ed tech companies what a what a journey what a process i'm sure you know you you probably learned a lot along the way and yeah. i love the fact that you have you know a support system of people you work with i think that's so important as you step into this industry is that support system and finding those people who you can partner work with and work with. It's just really rewarding. Yeah. It's been, I always tell people, you know, who, who want to start their own business that no days of Friday and every day's a Friday. So meaning they can all be great days and they can all be bad days. And you can go from, you know, the uh, penthouse talking to a superintendent one moment to the outhouse talking to a parent who's unhappy because of, of something that happened at one of your programs. And uh, you got to be able to wear those hats proudly, switch those hats quickly. And I enjoy that. And um, it's something that I work with uh, the CEOs really closely on. A lot of the CEOs that I attract are more from the operations side. So they they don't necessarily have that comfort level when it comes to the sales and the marketing and you know when they when they hear a no that it's not necessarily a no forever but a no for now and let's figure out how to extend the relationship and provide value in the meantime and uh, I enjoy that stuff so it's been really nice to find the right CEOs to work with and and then see their businesses grow um, based on some of the tools and tactics I did growing my own businesses in, you know, from 2008 and on. Yeah. And it sounds like you would be an absolutely fabulous mentor to have. So fortunate for those people to get to learn about your experiences and also have you share that advice and feedback. So with that being said, do you have any sorts of educational related quotes that are your favorite or anybody else 
who's inspired you along the journey that you want to talk about? I the quote that I kind of lean back on, it's not education related, but it works, is fear is a liar. And I think it's really important to remember that. And I found it at one point. And if you if you Google fear is a liar in an image, it was it looks like it was drawn underneath a bridge at one point. And um, it's just a really cool image. But I just think that always remember fear is a liar. Um, and that's helpful in your personal life. That's helpful, especially in the business world. Um, and, um, you know, you can, you can get through anything and just remember that fear is there to lie to you. And that's it. And that's easier said than done, uh, especially in the middle of the night when fear creeps in. As a business owner, it happens quite often. You know, I just encourage everybody I work with to remember that and, you know, get to the morning and let's sort it out and take it step by step. Um, in terms of people that, that inspire me, I have a lot, but one, one person who has mentored me for now for several years and continues to guide me, not push me, um, is John Gamba. John is the co-host of, of a show that I host called Breaking the Grade, where we talk to disruptors in the education space. And John just does a masterful job with myself and countless other people just kind of, again, guiding them along a path that uh, will let them figure out the right and wrong decision. And even if a wrong decision is made, how you can learn from it. So, you know, shout out to John, who, you know, I talk to several times a day and, and we support each other, but he's done a, a really wonderful job of helping me along um, in my career. Well, that sounds like a very rewarding relationship and you host a podcast together. So what fun. I'm sure there's lots of synergy there with hosting the show. I need to get into that show. It sounds amazing. We're definitely going to put that in the show notes, how to access that. Um, So being that you have all this experience with mentoring other CEOs, working in education all these years, um, how do you personally define educational technology? You know, I knew this question obviously was coming. Uh, yeah. We, we, we talked about it a little bit. And I got to tell you, like, so I don't necessarily have a definition for you. I, I honestly didn't even want to sit down and, and write one up because it felt kind of forced. I have a uh, an interesting relationship with the with the words ed tech because I didn't come from it. Both my businesses were in the in-person space. And so as I was growing my tutoring company, as I was growing my enrichment company, my aftercare company, whenever I talked to investors, they always said, well, what's your ed tech play? Like, well, there's, there's not one. Um, and in fact, a mentor of mine, Jack Sly, who is at a really big firm in Philadelphia in, in education, said, you know, flip that on its head. No, we don't have an ed tech play here for my tutoring or enrichment company because we use off the shelf tools and we leverage them. I don't come along with a platform that has to be managed and updated because it's really not my skill set. That being said, I I do mentor a lot of and, and coach up a lot of CEOs in the education and the ed tech space. So I understand it. I don't have a definition. It's kind of like that when you when you um when you see it, you know it. But I always kind of advocate also for those, those companies out there that they may not be ed tech, 
they're just really in the education space. So, you know, second shout out, and I don't ever do shout outs, but second shout out to those tutoring companies that are back in person, to those aftercare companies that are back in person and uh, the great work they're doing. But there's not a yeah, definition absolutely. for that. Yeah, and I, I love that shout out as well. And I, I totally love what you just said there. You know, there's there's things that there's the ed tech that's in the classroom, and then there's things that are that are around on the peripheral that are just as impactful as the things that are happening inside the classroom. So not as sexy, not as sexy (laughs) uh, to an investor. That's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah, Um, but just as useful and and just as necessary, I think. I agree. Well, we want to get more into about what you do at Cascade Communications and your mentorship, your coaching. So tell us about the services you offer, how you're helping institutions and organizations and education. Give us the details. Tell us all about it. Yeah, thank you. I mean, uh, the the companies I work with now, um, you know, they're they've really hit their stride. You know, they're probably somewhere in let's say the three to to $10 million range. Um, and I don't, that doesn't mean that I'm not happy to help and talk to some of the companies that are get go, getting going. The reason that I, I think that's our sweet spot, especially my sweet spot, is that these companies have figured out exactly who they are. And early on, when I started my coaching, I was working with some companies that were still trying to figure out who they were. Um, and that is a tough position to be in uh, for me, because you know, if we were sitting down with a school system or a superintendent or a principal, and the business proposition had changed, or we sent out an email campaign or a marketing campaign, and the and and the business changed overnight, that's tough. Um, and um, it's not wasted time, but it's definitely wasted energy. And so, what I do generally is kind of sit down with the CEO, sometimes their their team, figure out okay. How are we doing mission vision wise? You know, your company has probably changed since you wrote that. Do we need to revisit that? Because I want to really understand it. Then we kind of look at at their branding a little bit. I feel like a lot of the companies that that I begin to work with have outdated websites, logos that need modernizing, um, and we go through that process as well. Again, I, I have those resources. I've been working with them since my tutoring days. For my own websites. And then we begin to look at how we can really build reach and revenue for their company. We have two main tools that we use. I build shows around the CEOs so that they can emerge as thought leaders. And then we bring high-powered guests onto those shows and we can discuss topics in the education space and they can, can begin to support and uh, nurture a relationship with a guest. And then we also do relationship nurturing via email. Another word, another two words for that would be lead generation, but I like to call it relationship nurturing uh, because I don't want people I work with, whether it's the CEO or her sales team or whatever to say, or to think, send email, get response, close deal, get check, because it does not happen that way in the education space. And it takes time. And so we, we work together to build a really strong list of people they would want to you know have receive an email not just a you know any old list we don't buy lists we build them and then we write quality emails and then we send them and we have like a 
open rate and and when we're on our game probably two or three months into a relationship and we've fine-tuned our our messaging we're at like a six or seven percent reply rate and um, and that's really helpful for a business who is trying to grow absolutely and i love it how you take on that marketing aspect too because that's you know you know through having a podcast too marketing is a huge part of that and having the right branding tools, having the right relationships. I know you're focused a lot on the relationships is essential to the success. Even though you're an entrepreneur, you don't do any of this alone. You really have to depend on a support system of other people who are guiding you. Um, And I think that's what it sounds like. That's who you are. You're the guiding person that's walking them through all these steps and helping them get to where you know the potential of the company could be. Yeah, somebody called me recently, and I've, I've been called much worse, a sales scientist. Oh, um, that's a yeah. different title. And I'm, I'm cool with that because we, you know, we need to be tweaking and trying different things. And, um, you know, you can play with, with different types of emails and subject lines and offers. Um, and, and so I find that part fun, even even when there are no replies, you know, there's a lot to be, there's a lot to be learned from that. Um, and, and we can go in a different direction. So, um, yeah. And I think there's some, there's some therapy involved in what I do. Um, and I enjoy that part. So it's gotta be an enjoyable experience for everybody. And, um, it's gotta be absolutely revenue generating for my clients. And, And I think we do both those things. So check and check. Check that off the list for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So this all sounds uh, like wonderful, a wonderful experience for those CEOs and entrepreneurs who are getting into this space. And as you continue to grow, is there anything that you want to share about what's on your roadmap for the upcoming year or some goals that you have surrounding this initiative and what you're going to be doing? I think it's it's continuing to find um, the right clients and making it the right fit again for both sides. And, and so people can find me on LinkedIn, they can find me on my site and let's have a conversation. If we're not the right fit, um, then I'm sure I know somebody in my network who might be, and I'm happy to, to kind of make those introductions. So, you know, I think one of the positive things that came out of, of, uh, the pandemic was the ability to meet um, so easily, no matter where you are. If people want to see if they're the right fit, there's nothing wrong with having a 30-minute meeting and figuring it out. You know, I've interviewed thousands of tutors, um, so I know pretty quickly if I'm going to click with somebody and if it's going to if it's going to be a long-term relationship. So let's uh, let's figure that part out together and either get going or find the right person for you. I really love that you, you know, cause some people they'll say, okay, well, we're not the right fit. We're just going to cut you loose, but you will tap into your network and find somebody that may be the right fit or make a connection for somebody, even if you're not the right fit. People have done it for me. I'll do it for anybody else. I mean, I'm, I'm really big on relationship building and this sounds cheesy now, community building, but I think, you know, maybe I'm patting myself on the back here a little bit. Absolutely, you should. You've accomplished I, I quite a bit in your in this short amount of time. You should. I don't generally yourself. do it. I don't yeah. generally do it, but I will a little bit because when I when I look back at 
my tutoring companies, uh, my tutoring company, you know, I had tutors in Fairfax County that were supporting tutors in Montgomery County. We had to, you know, two huge counties in Virginia huge and Maryland and Maryland. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, you know, you, you would think you could drive and meet up, but, but we had them connected on like long emails at that point, you know, because there wasn't things like, you know, Slack or WhatsApp. Um, to connect people in a community building way. And I had PTAs in Westchester, New York, supporting PTAs in, you know, Southeast DC. And so that was community building back then. So I'm really big on community, helping each other out, finding those people that can inspire you. If it's not me, it's got to be somebody else. And I will happily make the introduction and, and guide it along. Absolutely. And I can understand why you it would be challenging to get those people together in person because of the traffic in Northern Virginia and Maryland around the DC area. Those of you that are listening who are in that area, you totally know and can relate to what we're talking about. And (laughs) you're you're probably sitting in traffic right now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You're probably sitting in traffic, listening to the podcast. Um, It's just that area is so densely populated it's crazy, but the growth there is so big. And you're, you're, those are two big counties you were in um, for school yeah. systems. Those, so you definitely yeah. pat yourself on the back for that. Yeah. And, you know, I cut my teeth on Montgomery and Fairfax. Uh, so, you know, for people who don't know, those are counties that have 220 plus schools in them. Um, so they're not necessarily easy to get into. Um, so, yeah, you know, that's where I, that's where I grew up myself and grew up my businesses. So obviously, Washington, D.C. is near and dear to my heart. Well, I love that. And I can so relate to that growing up about 40 miles south of D.C. and yeah. visiting there quite a bit, you know, on field trips going to the National Zoo. Yeah. Yep. So that's a, it was definitely place. a great place to grow up. Yeah, um, that's a wonderful place. So we're we're getting to the end of the the show here, and I'm sure that we could definitely talk more about the region, talk more about the school systems in Maryland, the DMV area. But I want to know from you, I have two final questions. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? Did we miss anything about your ed tech coaching, about all the stuff that you're 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 doing in this space? And I want to know from you, from being in this industry, what is the future of ed tech education? What is that going to look like? Get your crystal ball out and tell us what the future looks like. I, I think one word comes to mind is another C word, which is continuing to collaborate. The, the C word was collaborate, not continue. Got it. <laughs> yeah. I just think collaboration is going to be the way to go because there are so many amazing companies that um, have emerged uh, post-pandemic and companies that made it through the pandemic and they need to work together. You know, I just actually spoke to a, a company in Israel that digitizes curriculum for kind of, you know, probably legacy curriculum companies. And, you know, they have a, a proprietary tool that they take the curriculum, they pop it into to their platform, they white label it. And lo and behold, if you were, you know, kind of an old school legacy curriculum company, you're now digitized. And by the way, you've got yourself a new revenue stream. So that's great collaborations. I just encourage people to respond to emails as best you can. Those LinkedIn requests, if they're the right ones, follow that thread. You never know where it'll take you. And if you're a company that's killing it, congratulations. If you're a company that's struggling, 
maybe there's an opportunity to work with somebody else and, and, you know, merge and kind of share the burden. So I guess it comes down to collaborate. Yes. And I definitely, I 100% need to collaborate with other people and find out what they're doing and see, seeing where that journey takes you. I never could have envisioned doing my own podcast or being like a seen as an expert in this industry when I first started my journey. So absolutely. And having 8,000 some plus followers on LinkedIn that value your content or value your time. I've had so many wonderful, you have those 30 minute conversations. I do 15 minute chats with people, especially transitioning teachers who want to get into ed tech or instructional design. And some of my very best friends have come from those conversations it's that amazing. I currently have. It's so amazing. Co- yeah, yeah. So collaboration, 100%. The human experience is something that is amazing. You never know. And so just stay curious. Yeah. So what do you think about the future uh, in this space? All signs point towards it being ripe for innovation, ripe for disruption. And then I, again, you know, ripe for collaboration. You know, I think that uh, it can be tough running your own business. So for the entrepreneurs out there who are trying to make it, been there, done that, doing it again as I kind of go at it. Yeah, you're kind of reinventing and doing it. It's starting the cycle again. It's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Much to the dismay of my wife, which I understand. Um, (laughs) It is who I am. So I think that the future is bright. And, you know, we just have so many more tools at our disposal to to be able to support each other. And I always believed and still believe in this is that in the tutoring business, there was no such thing as competition because there are so many kids. And also in, in the after school space, there are so many schools to work with. Right. So, There's so many know, people that need the help. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now. And so uh, just support each other and the future will collectively be brighter for everybody because there are just so many kids and learners of all ages, whether they say now K to gray or pre-K to gray. Um, and there's so many schools. And now there's all these different types of schools because of pandemic. So just the future's bright and let's support each other. 100%. Here, here. That yeah. is definitely where, where we're going. Cheers. And all the good things for everybody out there trying to do, you know, start the business, keep things going, helping education. Josh, I can't thank you enough for your time today and coming on the show and sharing your story and your experiences in this industry. I appreciate all that you do. And I really appreciate having you on the show. And I can't wait for people to hear this episode. Thank you. I mean, look at us, people who are grateful for being in education, who have made significant moves post-pandemic and happy and healthy. So we have a lot to be thankful for. And if there's anybody that I can help out in your audience, absolutely reach out. I am game. Absolutely. We're going to put all your contact information in the show notes. So thanks again, Josh. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. You've just experienced another fantastic episode of EdUp EdTech. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check us out on our website at edupedtech.com. Keep yourself in the know about all the latest and greatest EdTech happenings. See you next time.